We want to welcome you today. If you're joining us online all over the world, we have a group of unbelievable team members here at Bear Life Church that we could not do what we do without them. They are present in the room today, and we're just so thankful that we have the opportunity to minister to you online no matter where you are on this 4th of July. Happy 4th of July. It falls on Sunday, so that means you get off tomorrow on Monday, probably for most of you guys, but I'm telling you, it's going to be a great, great day. We got a lot of great things planned. We have a baptism coming up this evening. We have some barbecue coming, baptism, barbecue, and fireworks. Come on now. It don't get any more 4th of July than that right there, right? Where freedom is celebrated, but true freedom in Christ is celebrated as people took their next step and following Jesus in baptism. It's going to be an amazing, amazing day. So we're in this series finishing up family vacation. And I hope God has used this to speak into your life because come on, face it, we all need a vacation, especially coming after last year. And so vacation, we kick this off, talk about you got to get ready for the trip. You got to make the preparations you need for the trip. And then we talked about how you're going to finance the trip, right? We got to fund the trip some way. And so we talked about what it looks like to fund the trip, to finance the trip. And then we talked about running out of gas. You know, how do we, how do we live a life that doesn't run on empty? How do we always have enough gas in the tank to get us to where we're going? And we're talking about physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And today, or actually again, last week we talked about Noah talking about sticking out because some of you are crazy vacationers. You know what I'm talking about? Like when you go on vacation places, you guys get crazy, right? And so you kind of stick out kind of in a weird way, but we talked about how to be a weird family in a good way in a corrupt or a violent world. And so if you missed that, go back and check that out. And then today we're going to continue and end this series because when you go on vacation, if you've been yet, you know what I'm talking about. If not, you're going to know what I'm talking about. And if you've ever been on a vacation, you you understand this. You get on vacation and everything, good or bad, whatever happened, you finally on your way home. And then on the way home, you begin to ask this question. What was your favorite part about the vacation? I don't know about you, but we always do this. What was your favorite memory? What was your favorite thing you did? And I was like, I remember when I did the flying squirrel off the top of the condo right into the pool. No, that was not good, right? Whatever it was. Or, or I remember when I went down the slide or I saw Mickey Mouse or I finally caught that fish or I was in that cabin, right? Or, or as this peaceful walk through the woods, whatever it is for you, you talk about your memories. And then you talk about what was your favorite place to eat. And you're like, hey, I loved it when we went here. I loved it when we went to the donut hole. Can you believe there's a restaurant called the donut hole, y'all? I'm telling you, it is amazing. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's just it's unbelievable. You should try it. chocolate pancakes for days. They're like that big, stacked that high. I just exaggerate a little bit, but it was amazing. So we talk about our favorite places that we eat and have all these memories and we're on our way home and everyone is either tired or worn out or you're refreshed, depending on what type of vacation that you have. And then you, you get home and you finally make the 12-hour, 10-hour trip and you open up the door. And we always say this every time when we come back from vacation, there is no place like, come on, talk to me. Home. There is no place like home. And you walk in and you let your bags down and all of a sudden, Everything is reminded of what you left behind. You know what I'm talking about? You still have laundry to do. You know, you still have the pile of bills. You, you put your mail on hold and now it's all back. And most importantly, which is tragic, you have 10 Amazon boxes at your door that you ordered before vacation, but showed up after you left. Can I get a witness to somebody? Come on. You know what I'm talking about. And now you're talking about how do I return it? Get back online. How do I get it back? Because, you know, you were waiting for that to come. And you walk in the door and you're like, there is no place like home. And I understand what we mean by that, but for most of us, guess what that means? We walk right back into our hectic lifestyle. 
we walk right back into the busyness of life, the stress of life, all the problems and the pains and the stuff, the overworked job that you're about to go back to, the stress, the worry of things. For a moment, for a glimpse, you kind of try to put that off, but then you come right back into a place that you call there's no place like home, but you bring all this burden and the worries and the stress and the overworked and the busy schedule back into your life. And here's what we say. We always say this right after vacation. If you don't say it, I say this. Man, I need another vacation, right? Come on, you know it. Because listen, if you go to Disney, that ain't vacation, y'all. That's like a that's like an iron marathon. Like you're gonna run for days. You know, your feet gonna hurt. You're like, you got Dr. Souls, you know what I'm talking about? Like you're hurting. That is not resting. That is a that's that's a long vacation. And you come home, you go, man, I need another vacation. You get to work, I was like, are you rested? No, I need another vacation. Why? Because we go right back into the stress of life. That may sound like you. And see, one of the things when you go on a vacation, you may want to reflect or you think about the things that come, but maybe the reason why you step right back into stress and to busyness and, and to an overworked job is because maybe you don't really understand what your life purpose really is. Maybe you don't understand why did God put you here? Like, what is my purpose in life? Because if I understand my purpose, your purpose, your life purpose is what you view life from. And the, re the reason why you may have so many stress in your life or worry in your life is because you're not fulfilling the right priorities of your life. And that can happen if you don't understand or know your life message or your life mission or your life's purpose. And that's why I want to focus a little bit on today because your, the, your life purpose is the lens that you view everything through life from. And I want to share that just for a moment. When you come back from vacation, there's no place back home, but you don't have to be the same person you were when you left. You can choose to change. As you come back into that world, you come back into the stress, the burden, and the busyness, you can actually change it. Proverbs 9.10 says, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One. The knowledge of Jesus results in good judgment, which means this. The more and the more I understand and get to know Jesus, the more and more I understand my life purpose and my life's message and my life's meaning. So now you come back from vacation. You're either rested or you're wore out. I won't ask you which one you are. You're either going to be rested or you're going to be wore out. And now you're wondering, really, what is my purpose in life? So I have some questions that I want to reflect on, that I want you to reflect on, only three of them. I have three questions I want you to reflect. As you come back from vacation, rested or wore out, as you process your trip or you process your life or what's your next step, I have some questions I want you to reflect on when you come home. So we say this every Sunday, well, almost every Sunday. If you're ready to get started, say, so let's go. Come on. All right, here we go. First question is this. What will be at the center of my life? This is a very important question. What's going to be at the center of my life? You need to reflect on this. Obviously, you probably didn't reflect on it when you went on vacation, unless you had a peaceful, restful vacation. Most times you have kids like we do, or young kids, it's, it's fast, busy pace. But what is going to be the center of my life? This question is so important because this will determine what you do and what you would do will determine your busyness, your priorities, your worries, your stress. Because what some of you may realize is you're taking on more than what God has asked you to do. And so you feel this burden. So what will be at the center of my life? What am I going to live for? Something is always going to be at the center of your life. For some of you, it could be around your career. It could be around your sports. It could be around academics. It may be around your relationship. It could be around a hobby. It could be around making money. What is the center of your life? 
and every, every one of us has something right at the center. So what may it be for you? Because eventually, and this is the sad thing, eventually what's at the center of your life, some of these things like the accolades, climbing the corporate ladders, will eventually disappoint you because honestly, they will not last. They will not last forever. You need something that's going to be solid in your life. You need to be something that's going to be unchangeable in your life. You're going to need something that's reliable no matter what you come home to from your vacation. Whatever you come back to is going to be the center. It's going to be the foundation. It's going to be strong that can hold you. And we know this. You're going to say, well, you're a preacher. You're supposed to say this. But Jesus wants to be the center of your life. Now, let me explain that for some of, some of you. See, when, when, when I gave my life to Jesus, I always thought, and people said, you know, I got to read your Bible and do it early in the morning. I'm like, I'm not a morning porter. Where's Terry? Terry, I'm not a morning porter person. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we're like, well, I ain't getting up early in the morning. Like, and I always felt bad because I, like, I didn't get up early in the morning because I didn't check off the bubble that I, you know, did my quiet time. And so I always want to say, well, Jesus wants to be first. But see, as I got older and matured and, and started thinking about this from a spiritual way, Jesus doesn't want him just to be first. Because he's first, here's what that means. You check him off and then you move on to the second thing. And then you move on to the third thing. Jesus is not something you check off. He wants to be center, not first. What do you mean by that? He wants to be the center of your life. He wants to be the center of my marriage. He wants to be the center of my career. He wants to be the center of my finances, of my parenting, of my relationship of my school, whatever, if my sports, he wants to be in the center of it, not just the first of it. Because if he's in the center, then no matter what I change and do throughout the day, he's gonna be right there focused with me. Jesus wants to be the center of your life. And so my question is, what's at the center of your life? And you have two choices. And I talked about this a while back in our other series previously, is that you can even live a self-centered life which is all about you. And we all know when we go on vacation, who's the selfish one, right? <laughs> right? Like we all get together for seven days. Like I want what I want, when I want. I'm gonna eat where I want, when I want. But I'm gonna sit where I want. Like, okay, you, you need right? And then some of you are like, okay, he's talking to me. And I'm not saying you're self-centered, but you can either live a self-centered life or a God-centered life. And here's the crazy thing about it. It is your choice. It is your choice if I'm gonna choose to live selfish or I'm gonna put God at the center of my life. So how do you know that Jesus is at the center of your life? You come back from vacation, you got all this crazy stuff around, the busy schedule and all the burn. How do you know that Jesus is the center of your life? Well, here's a few indications we see. When Jesus is the center of your life, you begin to worry less. You know, a lot of times we worry over and over and over about things. And when we begin to worry, what that means, something has taken the place of Jesus' center of our life. Maybe we worry what people think about us. So someone else's opinion is more important than what God's opinion is about me. And therefore, it has taken the place of God in my life. You see how this works? Whatever it may be for you, whatever you think you're worried about, maybe it's like the bills are gonna come in as if God can't take care of you. So I'm gonna worry about something that I know that God said he will do for me and he will help me. So there's things in your life when you think about am I living, you know, self-centered, God-centered, one indication, and we're never going to be like completely like worry-free in our entire life, right? Because as Christians, we don't say worry, we say we're concerned. <laughs> I'm just concerned. That's a nice way of saying it. I'm worrying about what's going on in my life. And so we can begin to worry less when Jesus is at the center of our life. Another thing is, is you bounce back faster. 
You begin to bounce back faster from problems. When the problems come, you're a little bit more resilient because Jesus, you've, you've walked with him. You know he's in the center of your life. You know he can get you through no matter what happens. When stress comes your way and you're about to walk right back into stress when you come home from vacation, right? But when Jesus is at the center, you can bounce back a little bit faster. You have some resiliency there. And so what is at the center of your life? Another quick litmus test is this. Here's a bit. What do you think about the most? What do you think about the most? Because what dominates your mind becomes the center of your life. What dominates it is the center of it. For some people, it is their bank account. For some of it, it's what people think about them. For some of them, it's getting to the corporate ladder and comment. For some of them, uh, could be, you know, uh, can I get into this place or that place and whatever it may be, or this accolade or, or, or this career. For some of you, it's politics. Like, what is the center? What is the main focus and the thought constantly in your mind? Now, there's nothing wrong with those things. There's, those are great, but does it dominate you? Does it dominate your life? Because whatever is the constant thing on your mind will become the center of your life. And so listen, the reality is you need something with real security. Only Jesus can give you that real security. Proverbs 3, 6 says this, if you'll seek his will and all that you do, he will show you which path to take. So that everything that you worried about, watch this, if you'll live a God-centered life, seek him first in the center, like seek after him and versus everything else around you. If you will do that, he says, I will tell you what steps to take. I will kind of let some of this stress, I will carry this burden when you seek after Mary. So that's the first question. The second question is this, what difference will I make with my life? Or what difference will I make with my life? These are some real big questions to, to make you think about what difference am I gonna make in this world? Like, what difference? Now, I, I, what I'm gonna do with my life, but what difference am I gonna make with my life? What difference can I make? How am I gonna use my talents and how am I gonna use my giftedness to really make a difference to the people around me? How am I gonna help other people? Ephesians 2.10 says this, for we are God's masterpiece. We're his masterpiece. Isn't that amazing? God calls you his masterpiece. No matter what someone has spoken of you or said of you or bad things to you, here's what God thinks about you are his masterpiece. Let that sink in. You're his masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ. So watch this. We can do good things, that we can do good things that he's planned for before you were ever born. God knew you. He has great things in store for you as his child. And he wants to use you in a great, mighty way. And you can't do that when you live in a self-centered life. So what are you gonna do with your life every single day? Every single day that you get up and you pass somebody as somebody that maybe God wants to use you to impact them, that you can meet a need, help someone or bless someone, whether that's, that's providing them some, some food or, or helping them do things in the community. But here's the problem, because we're so overstressed and we're so overbooked in our schedules that we don't have the time because we're always in a hurry, right? Every time you talk to me, I'm busy, I'm in a hurry, I'm busy. We don't slow down to see the activity of God around us. And here's what I know. God wants to use your life greatly to minister to people. So will you be a giver or will you be a taker? Will you walk through this life trying to get something, to take something, or do you want to give something away? You know, a giver gets up every day saying, I want to make a difference and help somebody out. That's what a giver thinks. But a taker wakes up every day going, it's all about me and my kingdom. How can I protect me? And it's all about me. You get to choose that. You get to choose what you want to do. You can either make a living 
by getting, or you can make a life by giving, by giving yourself, by helping the people around you. So here's my question. What are you going to do with your life? How is your life going to make a difference to the people around you? Galatians 6.10 says this, whatever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone around us. No matter when you're on vacation, you're home from vacation, or going right back into the stressed out, overworked job that you go into, God wants to use you to make a difference. And this is my third and final question is this. What will be at the center of my life? What difference will my, my, my life make? And here's the third and last question. What message will I communicate with my life? What message do you communicate? What message shows from you? I talked a little bit about this last week. But what is displayed from your life? Because God wants to use your life to say something to this world. Do you know that? God does not just save you to take you to heaven. If that was the case, when he saved you, he should have took you to heaven. He left you in this world because he wants to use you to make a difference and say something to the people around you. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 1.8, and now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to the people everywhere. Think about that. The word of the Lord is ringing out of you, dripping out of you, his presence, and everywhere has heard about what's going on. For wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. Can that be said about you? Like if we went to your workplace, can they say, let me tell you something about it. that person is super patient. Like nothing ruffles her feathers. She's an unbelievable leader. She's so patient with people around here. She's one of the best. I want to work for her. She's one of the best bosses ever to work for. There's something just about her. Or for you, sir, like, hey, listen, this guy at work, Man, he knows how to get it done, but he does it in such a great way. He's not a, he's not a dictator. He's not overpowering, but he, he leads with like passion and, and commitment and loyalty, like something so unique about him. Like is the message coming from your life in the locker room, when you go grocery shopping, when you're at a ball game and your team doesn't win, right? I mean, come on, how does it show from your life? Because the reality is that people are watching us everywhere we go and our message, church, our message is communicated by how we live. I talked about this a little bit last week with Noah. The life we live, people are watching us everywhere we go. So Paul says in Philippians 1, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven first. This is not our home. We should live as citizens of heaven, conducting ourselves in a manner that's worthy of the good news. Think about that. Do you conduct your business, your life, your relationships in a, in a manner that's worthy of the gospel? We can show the world who Jesus is by the way that we live. But if we're stressed out and don't know our purpose in life and we come right back home from vacation and we go right into the overworked, busy lifestyle, unprioritized, all over the place, how does people take time to see Jesus in us? We also show the world our message by our faith and by sharing your story. Luke writes in Acts 20 here, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news and the wonderful grace of God. So here's the question. Are you gonna promote yourself? Or are you gonna promote Jesus? Every day when you get up, you have an opportunity to promote Jesus to the world. If you come on back home from vacation, you go right back to a busy life, over-scheduled, overcrowded schedule. 
the busyness and the burden of her overworked job, running all over the place. How could you slow down to show people Jesus? Because they're watching you. How can you share your story about how he's radically changed your life if you're constantly always worrying, stressed out, burdened down? That is not how God wants his children to live. That is not the path that he has for us. And so the question is, I like to think about this, is you don't have to be perfect to have a life message. Jesus can take your mess and turn it into an unbelievable message if you would just allow him to come in and do that. And now that you're home, right? You're, you're finally home, you make it back home, you're home for vacation, you go back into this crazy world, but here's the crazy and the good news. You don't have to be the same as when you left. You can come back change. You can come back make a decision. I'm gonna make the, Jesus the priority of my life. Not first, but center in all that I do. And I'm gonna slow down and not get back into the rat race so people can see Jesus in me, my family, my kids, my coworkers, my coach, my teacher, whoever it is, they can see Jesus in you. So you're gonna come home refreshed and renewed, and you're gonna come home back to the same old mess, the same old worries, the same old stuff that you left before you went on vacation. I wanna encourage you today to pursue Jesus, give your life to Jesus, and make him the center of your life so that he can take all this burden and all these things from you. And he will give you, watch this, because this is what we all need when we come back from vacation, rest. True rest can only be found in him. Just for a moment, I'm gonna ask you, wherever you are, if you just bow your head. You know, maybe today you realize, you know what, I am stressed out. I've made fill in the blank more important than Jesus in my life. It dominates my mind. It consumes me more than anything else. And so today I am gonna choose. I'm gonna choose not to be distracted from this world, to make Jesus the center of my work, of my business, of my marriage, of my parenting, of my finances, of my team, you fill in the blank, whatever it is, of my school, he's gonna be center. I'm gonna trust him in all areas of my life. And by seeking him, hopefully through that, my life message that he wants to display through me will shine in this dark world. And so no matter where you are today, all over the world, one of the greatest burdens that you may be carrying is your sin. And what I love about Jesus is that he will come into your life, forgive you of all your sin, every single one of them. Yes, even the ones you did last week on vacation or whenever you go, all that you will do. Your past, your present, and your future. Because on the cross, all your sins were future because you haven't even committed them yet. And he says, I will forgive you of all your sin if you'll just repent and put your faith and trust in me. And so today I'm gonna ask you to do that. That's your first step of slowing down, of worrying less. It's about putting your faith in Him. And the Bible says is if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you know what? You will be saved. And that is my prayer for you, no matter where you're watching this from, no matter who's in the room with you, is that you will give your life to Jesus. 
Father, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you for this great series of walking through this analogy of a vacation, but getting ready for life. And Lord, as we come back into reality, I pray, Lord, that we're just reminded that you love us, that you're with us. You'll never leave us nor forsake us. And that we don't have to come back into this burden, into this stress, into worries of life and the cares of life. We can come and surrender that to you, trusting you, and can be clearly and able to say, there is no place like home because my home is in the center of your will. My home is in the center of your hands. My home is in the center of your life. This is not my home. My home is in the kingdom of God, being part of the family of God. So no matter where I go, when I come home, there is no place like home. Thank you, Jesus, for speaking to us today. Thank you for changing lives today. Put your name I ask and we pray.